crypto has had a truly terrible year. Gone are the days where Frank Mueller could spruik overpriced crypto emblazoned watches, or when monkey JPEGs would trade for astronomical prices. Indeed, even Miami nightclubs are suffering from this crypto downturn. And in their place, we have Donald Trump spruiking Homelander-themed NFTs. So with that in mind, it's worth looking at what has happened and some of the biggest losers from this crypto winter. Because the crypto moguls have lost some $116 billion, possibly more, from this crypto downturn. So what exactly has happened in crypto and why? Well, Bitcoin is down some 65% and Ethereum down 68%. Bitcoin is trading around 16,000 US dollars. A far cry from predictions it might trade at $200,000 or $500,000 in the near future. And meme coins have suffered similarly. Indeed, even exchanges' own tokens, such as BNB on the Binance network, have also suffered declines. So what exactly caused this precipitous decline? Well, really, we've got a few factors. We've got boring economic factors, compounded by bad mechanism design and awful risk management. And then we've got outright fraud. So if we're looking at economic factors, you've got high inflation, high interest rates, broader market declines in the Nasdaq Composite, real estate, venture capital. All of this has taken a lot of money out of the crypto space. And indeed, when interest rates are going up, people might observe they could make money on a treasury or a corporate bond and potentially face relatively less risk than putting their money into Celsius, which ultimately went under. Now, all of these broad economic factors were compounded by bad risk management and bad mechanism design. So for example, Terra Luna, which was really a catalyst for other things going under, was an inherently unstable, quote unquote, stable coin. Now Terra Luna was an algorithmic stable coin, which by dint of how it was designed, was always going to go into a death spiral. And it ultimately pummeled down to zero. This then impacted other parties. It impacted ordinary retail consumers, but also major hedge funds, such as 3RS Capital. Now, 3RS Capital was seemingly taking on too much risk with positions that were far too concentrated in particular areas. 3RS Capital then suffered directly and indirectly from the collapse of Terra Luna, but also 3RS Capital suffered broadly from the crypto market decline. Now, 3RS Capital was a hedge fund. It was doing hedge fund things. It was going up, making risky bets. Now, 3RS Capital collapsed and that triggered further contagion. And that then impacted very many crypto lenders. So Celsius, Voyager, BlockFi, etc. were either directly or indirectly affected by this. Either directly, of course, 3RS Capital had borrowed money from them, or indirectly, because 3RS Capital had borrowed from someone else, which then borrowed from those crypto lenders. Now, when you've got that major black hole appearing in the balance sheet, these crypto lenders don't necessarily have the assets required to be able to repay their depositors, particularly when the crypto space is declining more broadly. So it's not just 3RS Capital going down, it's the collateral that other borrowers also have going down significantly. And while they might try to margin call some of these customers, if they've taken money off platform, then there's a limit to how quickly that's actually going to be done. Furthermore, while they might have tried to assess collateral, it seems they were not properly risk assessing the collateral that they were taking for these loans. This is something that traditional finance had learned quite some time ago albeit still relatively recently if we're looking at the global financial crisis. And this caused all of these crypto lenders to suffer major problems, pausing withdrawals and then ultimately going under. Now, Binance ultimately bought up Voyager, but Sorceus went under, BlockFi going under. So we've seen a lot of damage in that space. Now, this is really bad risk management on the, half, on the behalf of those companies. 
and these companies were promising their customers astronomical and unrealistic returns. Sources, for example, was promising super high returns. So talking like 8%, 10%, etc. And saying that it was going to be relatively low risk. But if they're promising you a return that looks too good to be true, they're probably taking your money and lending it out to some other risky hedge fund that then could ultimately go bankrupt, creating a major problem for that bank. So that's what we've seen in the crypto lending space. But then we have to add on to this outright fraud. And this is where companies like FTX and Alameda Research come in. Now, Caroline Ellison and Gary Wang have already admitted to outright fraud at FTX and Alameda. They have already entered their pleas and pled guilty to this, and their testimony confirms as such. With FTX collapsing, this also has a cascading contagion-related effect. For example, many companies had deposits on FTX. They were keeping their money there for storage or for trading or whatever the case might be. And then when FTX collapses, they then lose their own money, which has an ongoing cascading effect. We've seen some of this affect companies such as Genesis, which in turn affected Gemini, it also affected Digital Surge, an Australian crypto company. And Digital Surge had money within FTX. Now, many of these companies have either failed miserably and or are going under and or are trying to do some restructuring. Digital Surge, for example, has proposed an interesting restructuring approach whereby they would keep operating as an ordinary entity and then they would work to repay the customer's deposits that they would otherwise have lost. Then you add on to this what's going on in the auditing space. So in the auditing space, many audit firms such as Mazars or BDO or Armaneno are looking at leaving the crypto space. Mazars, for example, had done the proof of reserves auditing for Binance. But Mazars, potentially concerned about the reputational risk associated with this, decided to withdraw from crypto auditing. And this just exacerbates the issue and makes the lack of confidence in the crypto space even worse. So you add on a broader economic downturn, bad risk management, outright fraud, this has really made the cryptocurrency year quite awful. Who then are the biggest losers in the crypto space? Well, the people we should feel the most sorry for are ordinary retail investors, ordinary individuals who were taken advantage of and defrauded. They've lost money because they assumed a platform like FTX would be somewhat safe. They looked at Sam Bankman-Fried meeting with regulators and legislators, standing arm in arm with Maxine Waters, and they assumed that he would be above board. They assumed that he would not defraud them and he would have risk management practices that at least existed. Unfortunately, that was not the case. And these customers collectively have lost billions of dollars. If we focus on crypto moguls, they've also lost billions and only some of them we should feel sorry for. For example, Sam Bankman-Fried and Gary Wang have seen their net worth go down towards zero. We shouldn't really feel very sorry for them. However, CZ has also lost a lot of money. Forbes asserts that his net worth has gone down from $65 billion to $4.5 billion. I suspect that's a little bit pessimistic. He still has a lot of wealth tied up in Binance. And Binance is a genuine functional exchange, at least at this point. And assuming that Binance keeps operating, it will keep generating cash flows and would be worth more than $4.5 billion, one would assume. After all, FTX was once worth some $32 billion. Binance presumably should be worth a lot more. And CZ has a lot of his wealth tied up in Binance. We can also add on the Vigilvoss twins, who've seen their net worth go down some 75%, from 4 billion down to 1.1 billion. Then we can add on the NFT people. They've seen their net worth decline quite significantly on the back of weaker NFT trading and weaker NFT prices, 
which in turn reduced the clip they can get from each of these NFT traits. So overall, crypto moguls have lost some $116 billion, according to Forbes. Then you add on to this people like Kevin O'Leary, who have lost a lot of reputational value from this whole collapse. No one can argue about exactly how much money Kevin O'Leary, quote unquote, lost here. However, he's clearly suffered a major reputational damage from the fact that he keeps going out supporting SBF and keeps going out trashing CZ, blaming CZ for the failure of an exchange that was inherently fraudulent, as indicated by Caroline Ellison's and Gary Wang's testimony and their plea agreements. Now, in terms of whether 2023 is going to be any better, it looks like we aren't really in for a bull market, and this is for a few reasons. On the economic front, we might be facing a recession. We might also be facing increasing interest rates into that recession, which is going to have a significant wealth effect, thereby causing people to remove money from crypto and maybe putting it into things that are either A, more stable, and or B, simply spending that money on various staples and the like. Then you add on to this what's going on in the crypto space itself. For example, many of the accounting firms that were auditing crypto exchanges and crypto companies have decided to no longer do so. Mazars, for example, has withdrawn from auditing. Same with Armanino, and BDO is looking at doing so as well. Now, Mazars was doing the auditing for Binance in relation to its proof of reserves. The fact that Mazars will no longer be doing auditing itself is a negative sign. It perhaps will create doubt about the veracity of many of these crypto audits. So 2023, it doesn't look like there's going to be a catalyst for crypto to really rebound. However, crypto is super volatile, and obviously one can be wrong about these things. And I'd be interested to hear your thoughts about that as well. But in any case, thanks a lot for tuning in, and hopefully I see you in the future as well.